No. Good evening. <laughs> we're ready to get started tonight. We're learning Maseches Psachim Daf Nun Aleph. Good to see all of you. We're beginning on the bottom of Daf Nun Amid Beis, about seven eight lines from the bottom at the Tanur Rabbanon. Uh, just to finish up one last piece from yesterday, the Gemara writes, uh, quoting a Bryce of Tanur Rabbanon, the rabbis taught us, Kosve Svarim Tzvillin Mezuzos, the people who are the Sofre Stam. That's where the acronym comes from, Stam. Svarim, uh, it's really Sefer Torah, Tzvillin Mezuzos. These people, Hein V'Tagrehen, V'Tigre Tagrehen, all of the merchants, the wholesalers and the retailers, all of them. So all of these people are considered to be uh, in the following category, and as well others. Even people who sell tcheles, all of them, they are not going to see a simen bracha. But it's not fair. Who, who would have ever thought? That's yesterday's Gemara that says that the reason why was because we had to make sure that, that we still had people doing this. So they the Kafdala Tanesios at 24 fasts to make sure that these people would not make it would not make a killing so that they wouldn't retire. So it says the Gemara, however, if a person were to do so, they were, they were writing Sifrei Stam and they were doing so, then a Kodesh Baruch will give them they'll have, uh, they will see Simen Bracha because they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to help the Jews. We know, of course, that our Mishnah is speaking about Minhagen. We said that, that when a person goes from one place to another, so you have to take the Chumras of both the place you're coming from and the place you're going to. There's a flaw in the question, which we'll analyze a little bit later. Um, because um, and not, it's not always the case that there's a flaw in the place that you're coming from and to. Either, either the place keeps the, keeps the chumrah or they don't. So we're going to answer that question a little bit later. But uh, speaking of Dine Dirabban, and the Gemara here presents uh, at five lines from the bottom at the two dots, something that references a halacha, a Din Dirabban, that we learned in Maseches Shabbos, which is that one should not go on a boat within three days of Shabbos on a long trip. So says the Gemara, B'nai Baishan, people of this city, of Baishan, they wouldn't even take a short boat ride um, on, uh, on Mali Shabbos, on Erev Shabbos, and they wanted, and the children of these people wanted to know if that was true. And the children of the people who, of Baishan came over to Rav Yochanan, the, the children said to him, they said to Rabbi Yochanan as well as Avahasin Efsharlu. So hey, okay, by him that he has one set of standards. Anan lo Efsharlan. What about us? Are we supposed to be keeping the same halacha? Amar Louis said to them, It's already the case that you should be following what your father does. That a person should keep the standards of their parents. We should uh, keep Armin Hagen. So the post can speak about this. What about a person who's a Balchuva? So my parents are Bali Chuva. So then my Ladina, am I obligated to keep every last minute that my parents had? So that's a real shy on the postkim. Um, and according to many postkim, where there was a break in the Masora, so because there was a break in the Masora, so then a person's allowed to keep any mainstream Ashkenazi psak if you're Ashkenaz, a mainstream Sephardi psak if you're Sephard, whatever the case may be. As long as it's mainstream and normative, you can pick your own. So I have a first cousin who keeps all them in Hage Agra. Okay, so you're allowed to do that when you have a, a broken Masora, then you're allowed to make there some kind of latitude. But otherwise, two lines before the end of the page, we learned about this a number of blot ago about what is considered a barchimutz, what are the things that leaven? And there was a machlokas in the Gemara and the Tanaim about whether or not orez v'dochan, rice and millet were considered to be, um, rice and dochan were considered to be part of the, uh, the world of that which leavens. So says the Gemara, the people from Choza, from the city of Choza, they used to be mafrish chala from rice bread, from the dough that they would make for rice bread. 
says the Gemara, they came to Rav Yosef and they told him about this uh, strange custom because we pass in the Dina that rice doesn't, it doesn't become chametz. It's not a bar chimut. So what do you mean you're mafresh truma? What, what is that? That's a zero. That's like being mafresh truma from water. There, there's no value in it. It's not anything. It's not a bar chimut. So how can you be mafresh chala? Not, I said mafresh truma. That's incorrect. But how to be mafresh chala? So it says the Gemara, Omar Lehu Rav Yosef said to them, just to show you how severely I disagree with you, when you're mafresh the chalad rice bread, I want to have a non-Kohen take a bite out of it, just to show you that what you're talking about is ridiculous. We don't hold that way. Rice is not a barchimus. You're not yotze, the mitzvah of matzah with rice bread, and you are not going to violate the isr, the rice of chametz with rice bread, and you're certainly not going to be mafresh challah with rice bread. Have a Yisrael take a bite out of the challah. That you that you were mafresh from rice bread, it's a zero. Eisve, the Gemara asks against Rabbi Yosef's comment. What does the Gemara ask against him? Eisve abay dvarim hamutarim v'acherim nagu ban iser. Let's say that there's something that technically speaking is mutter, but you have a family custom, and your family custom is nagu ban iser. So turning to the top of nonal chumadal, the Gemara says, "Yeah, Torah shaylatir bifneim." You're not allowed to be matir in front of them. So that doesn't seem to that doesn't seem to work in regards to the sheet of Rav Yosef. How could you be so in your face? Your mom is uh, standing there and saying she'akol niyebid baro on a piece of dough. You're standing there and you're eating the the rice flour, the rice dough flour. That's not right. That's not right. If it's dvarim hamutarim you have no right to do that in their face. That's not okay. Answer the Gemara top line. Amar lo mi itmar Allah. Didn't we already learn Amar Abchizda bekutai? When do we have the rule that iata When do we have a rule that you're not allowed to do that? That's in front of a kusai, in front of a person who is in the category of a kusi, someone who is not so from. So it says the Gemara. Well, wait a minute. Kusai my time. What's the reason by Akusi we have this rule that you're not allowed to show uh, a leniency here? Mishum, the Misrachim Milsa, we're afraid that they're going to misunderstand something. Misrachim Milsa is a famous uh, language in, Sha- in Shas of Srach, that we're afraid we have Srach Bita, we have Srach, uh, srach Tuma. That's why we hold, we should, when we wash Natila Sadaim, this is Ladim, the Shulchan Aruch speaks about this. When we wash our hands for Natilas Yadayim, for, uh, for anything, we should be pointing our hands up. So some quote the Pasuk, we should point our hands up. There's a secondary reason, which is that when you pour water, and if water touches a higher part of your arm, then you turn your hand back over, so then your hands can become tana again. You should hold your hands upwards in order to do that because of Sarach Tuma. There's another application of Sarach, which is in regards to Sarach Bita. Sarach Bita is a halacha by Hilchos Tevila, when a woman who's a nida, who completes her nida cycle and Sheva when she goes to the mikvah, we almost never, there are exceptions, but we almost never allow a woman to go to the mikvah during the day. Even if it's past the full seventh days, the eighth days, the ninth days, the tenth day, we almost never, unless there's danger, we almost never let a woman go to the mikvah during the day because of srach bita. We're afraid that someone might misunderstand. The daughter might think that, hey, I can go to the mikvah during the seventh day. This is another application of srach. Srach milsa, we're afraid that the kusi will misunderstand. So says the Gemara, but hanich inshi, nami srach milsa. We're concerned anyways that people will misunderstand. What were we talking about? We're talking about dough that's made out of rice flour. I'm concerned no matter what happens. You're not allowed to share kid of it's rice. It doesn't count for afresh aschala. So it's srach no matter what. We're generating concern either way. So that's why the Gemara has a different answer. If most of the food that they eat is rice, so then lo nechlazar be'apayu. In that case, we would not have a non a non kohen 
eat the, the rice flour in front of them. Because since they almost never eat grains, they only eat rice bread. If we, if we make fun of what they're doing and in their face, we show them that the rice flour is a zero, maybe they'll forget all of, maybe they will forget all of the halachos of hafrosh ha'schal. Anyways, that's why we wash the tilas yadayim now. The tilas yadayim now is not based on Yisrael, it's based on Kohanim and the Mikdash, but we do it now. We want to make sure that we remember how to treat uh, things that are kadosh in the Mikdash for the Kohanim. So that's why we wash. So here too, if everything that they eat is going to be rice oriented, so then we're concerned that maybe someone will forget the halachas of challah, and therefore we allow for them to be mafresh the challah. The Ruban Dagan Achle, if most of the food that they eat is Dagan, most of the food they eat is the Chameshes Mine Dagan, barley, rye, oat, wheat, spelt, browse is the acronym. These are the type, the five types of grains that do leaven, that do create Chametz and do generate Matzah. So then if that's what they normally eat, and then they started making a rice meal, then Nech Lazar Be'apai, then you could eat a Mamash in their face. Because if we don't make the distinction between that which they normally eat, which is Chameshes Mine Dagan, the barley, rye, oat, wheat, and spelt, and the rice, then you're just going to push it, make a mistake. That's already brachos levatala, right and left. You'll think that rice needs it. You'll think that chameshes mine dagan. Don't there we need to draw a line in the sand? But that's when your diet is primarily chameshes mine dagan. So that's the distinction the Gemara makes. We're about 10 lines down, the Gemara continues having quoted what we just learned, and we're going to analyze it with a triple question from our Gemara. Gufa. We just learned, or if there's something that's technically mutter, but others have a minhag to be oser, you're not allowed to push against the system. Yes, technically, Medina, what you're talking about is mutter, but here we don't allow for rebellion. You're not allowed to say that that thing is aser. And the Gemara says, wait a minute, what did we say there? We said that that's only true by a kusi. That Gemara says, what about the rest of the world who are not B'nai Kusi? So says the Gemara, here are three examples. Example number one, one-third of the way down Vatanya, the Brisa writes, The halacha is, if there are two people who are full-blood brothers, they are allowed to go to the mikvah, and they are allowed to, it's not considered a, a, a violation of Pritzus, for two brothers to go to the mikvah together, totally fine. It's Mutter Medina. However, in the city of Kabul, I don't believe that it's the same city of Kabul that we have today, I highly doubt it, but uh, nevertheless, it is called that. Uh, and the halacha is in Kabul, not the halacha. The minhag in Kabul is that two brothers could not go to the mikvah together. There were two boys, Yehuda and Hillel, Banav Shal Rabban Gamliel. They were the two sons of Rabban Gamliel. They both went to the Beis HaMerchat. They both went to the mikvah. The two of them, brothers, they went to the mikvah and they went there together. The laws of and everyone was talking about them. Laws, right? They were say, saying rumors about them. And the whole, everyone was talking about Amru. They said in the city of Kabul, we've never seen such a thing that brothers would uh, would go to the mikvah together. It's not appropriate. It's pritzus. Not that it's Asr, but it's our minag. So it says the Gemara of Anishmat Hillel, one of the brothers left the room, and he left the inner sanctuary of the Beis HaMerchatz, and he went to the outer sanctuary just to let everybody know, I'm sorry, I didn't, re- I didn't realize that in this city that brothers can't, I didn't realize. I know that Ladina, technically, brothers are allowed to be in the Beis HaMerchatz together. I didn't know that in Kabul you had such stringencies. He didn't push back and say, by the way, you should just know it's Mutter Ladina. He just embraced their Minog. That's uh, question number one that we asked, which is that we see here, we see here that uh, he didn't push back at all. So we see that he, we don't allow for the for the rebellion of the men, I guess not only by Akusi, where we have the stringency of even Hillel didn't want to say it in front of them. And he's not Akusi, he was a Tamil Chacham. That was example one. Example two, Yotin, um, the Kur de Kison, 
the Shabbos. The Mephor Shemir point out, Kordekiso and Rashi writes this out, they're shoes that are rechavim, uh, they're very wide, and uh, it was a, whatever, it was a type of shoe, whatever it was, uh, whatever the, the details are. It was a type of shoe that they wore Yosin before the Kison B'Shabes. However, Ve'en Yosin before the Kison B'Shabes B'Biri. In the city of Biri, you weren't allowed to wear those shoes. So again, technically speaking, it's Mutter. But we have a Minog Beretzaser, but only in the city of Biri. The same two sons, the son of Rabban Gamliel, they didn't know. They thought it was mutter because it is mutter. They were in a place that had a minagliser, but they didn't realize that it was a minagliser. So they were wearing the core of the keys on these wider shoes. Halfway down, everyone was talking about them. They said in the city of Biri, who in their right mind would wear these shoes? It's not us, sir. It's not us, sir. We have a minog that is not appropriate. Ushmatum unasanum la'avdeh. They immediately took off their shoes and they gave them to their avadim to indicate, okay, we embrace your minog. We embrace your minog. They didn't want to push back and say that really you guys are all wrong. Technically speaking, it's mutter. Hillel and uh, they, Hillel and it was Rebuda. Hillel and Yehuda embraced the local minog of Biri and they gave the shoes to their avadim. They just didn't wear those shoes. Is it because that the sign of Carrying on Shabbos while the is not. We will see. The Gemara is going to analyze how each of these three uh, have concerns. That's absolutely good. Here, the concern is that they may fall off and you'll end up carrying them. Not dissimilar to Shofar and other concerns that we have about carrying on Shabbos. So we'll get there in a few minutes. That's a great question, Michael. The Yoshvan, here's the third, the third question. Here's the third question we're going to ask again. Sir Chizda's principle that the only time we say that uh, you're not allowed to act is when the person is a kusi because it's not true by Yehuda and Hillel. We see twice they, they didn't rebel against the system. Here's example number three, exactly halfway down. A person is allowed to sit on the benches of an achri on Shabbos. We're not concerned about Mecca Mamkar. It doesn't look like you're buying anything. But in the city of Akko, they had a minug. So it's something that's mutter, but there was a minug in Akko not to do it. You're not allowed to sit on uh, the Saf Salem, on the benches of Anochri, because it looks like you're doing Mekach or Memkach. Reb Shimon ben Gamliel, Reb Shimon ben Gamliel was sitting on one of these benches. He sat down on some of these benches that belonged to, uh, belong to non-Jews. Everyone's like, shake it. The guy's sitting down on, on benches that, that belong to Anochri. This, this looks like, it smells like, it's mutter, but it smells like Mekach um, or Memkach. It's not allowed. Amru, they said, We've never seen this happen in the city of Akko. Nishmat al Gabe Karka is like, fine, I got it. I'll sit on the ground. So he didn't sit on the benches of the Nachri, sat on the ground. So our triple question we asked from Mikvah, and we asked about the shoes, and we asked about the benches. In all three cases, we saw that people who are not Kusim, these are Talmidim Chachamim, Matsumim, that they did not say that it's Mutter. They behaved as though they were Kusim. Why would you do that? They're Talmidim Chachamim. Rav Chiza said it's only Kusim, not everybody else. So all three of these cases argue with that. So answers the Gemara. B'nai Medinas, there's different gear sows here. What, the, what my Gemara has is B'nai Medinas Hayam Nami. But there's a different girsa here, which is B'nai Medina, the people of the state, the people of the city, namely your regular Joe, your average Balabas, uh, because there are not a lot of Tamil Chachamim around them, ouch, that's not good. You got to make sure you have a Rebbe to make sure you're not treated like a Kusi in Halacha. We have to make sure that when we don't know questions that we have the people to ask. I heard a story about Rishon Volba that when he turned 80, um, I think one of his rabbi had passed away. He finally, at the age of 80, decided he no longer needed a rabbi. 
So we all have a little bit of time. Between now and then, we should always have a Rebbe. And even after then, we should always have a Rebbe, someone who really is holding in halacha and in hashkafa, someone who can guide us in eta, pastorally, emotionally, socially, whatever is necessary. Because without that, not only are you up a creek for a variety of reasons in halacha, but you're treated like a kusi. You're treated like someone who might make a mistake in halacha. Okay, so says the Gemara, Bishlam, I understand I understand why things look a little bit funny with the with the benches, because the benches belong to Nachram. The, the Nachram are trying to sell the benches, and it looks a little bit like Mekachumemkar. It looks like you're trying to be involved in business. business. That I understand. To Michael's point, I'm there too. The shoes, they can slip off. And I'm afraid. It's like a woman's heels. I'm afraid that they may crack. And then a woman can wear heels on jobs. I'm not saying she comes giving as an example, theoretically. But if a person where their shoes were to crack and they may end up carrying them. So these shoes also, they were relatively easy to fall off. And then what would happen is that a person might carry them. And that would be problematic as well. Ella Rochts in my time alone. What, what's the, I don't understand what the problem is. Why can't two brothers go to the mikvah together? There's no hirhurim. They're two brothers. There's no hirhurim with a brother and a sister. Even Allah writes that a father and a daughter can sleep with Kiruv Basar. It's mutter. It's mutter ladin as long as there's no hirhurim. We don't assume that there are hirhurim. Certainly two brothers. Where did all this come from? So it says the Gemara, three-fourths of the way down, Kedetanya, we have a brice. So the brice writes, adam a person is allowed to go to the mikvah with anyone. A man can go to the mikvah with anyone, chutz, except for May Aviv, his father-in-law, the Chamav, excuse me, his father, the Chamav, his father-in-law, Uba'al Imo, his stepfather, Uba'al Achoso, the husband of his sister. All of these people could lead to Hirhurim, not because they themselves are Bale Hirhur. When a man sees another man, it doesn't generate Hirhur. But when he sees a person who's intimate with his with his mother, so then that can generate a, a hirhor of, I was born through an act of, uh, of intimacy. And that can generate hirhor. says it's mutter with a father to, be, to go bathing with a father, to go to the mikvah, if it's appropriate couple for him. The same would be true for a stepfather. So says the Gemara, and the Chachamim came along and they made a, a gzera that we don't allow. These are the people who lived in the city where they said that the two brothers can't uh, can't go to the mikvah together. We don't allow the two brothers to go to the mikvah together because of a gzera that is similar to the brother-in-law of their sister's husband. So because of the because a, a man is not allowed to go to the mikvah with his sister's husband, so therefore we're going to have a gzera that he can't even go to the mikvah with his own blood brother. Forget about his uh, sister's husband, even his blood brother. So one of them had a gzera and one of them did not. Tana as well, just as an aside, says the Gemara, Talmud lo rabo. Talmud should not go to the mikvah with his rabbi. But if the rabbi needs needs guidance, then it's permissible. Twenty years ago, I went to the I was going to the mikvah in yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, and I was standing there in the corner. I had just gotten there. One of the rabbis walked in and didn't see me, and uh, he got himself ready to go to the mikvah. So I just stood there and faced the wall. We, we try not to go to the mikvah with our rabbin and the Chicago mikvahs. It's very difficult to do that. Um, and uh, there's good shilas about it back and forth. Okay, fine. But uh, the one should try and be sensitive where, it's, uh, where they can. Anyways, that's why these three cities had these three concerns. In regards to the first case, what were we talking about? We were talking about a case of the mikvah. We just said what our concern was, that it was a gzera mishum uh, 
Balachosa, the husband uh, of one sister, that it could lead to Hirurim, thinking about Tashmashamita. And in the second concern with the shoes, we were concerned about carrying on Shabbos. In the third case of Safsal, we were concerned about Mekah Memkar. And that's why each of these respective cities had their concerns. Says the Gemara, says the Gemara, approximately 12 to 15 lines from the bottom, a few lines before the Gemara gets to the widest lines. Ki also Rabbi Barbachana, when Rabbi Barbachana traveled, he uh, came in Eretz Yisrael. There was a minhag uh, to eat a certain kind of fat of uh, of an animal, a certain type of chelav. And in Bavel, it was not allowed. So similar in that it was mutter ladina. But in Eretz, in Eretz Yisrael, it was mutter. But in in Bavel, there was an iser, There was a, a minhag to not do so. So kiyasa rabba barbarchana achal de isra. He ate this type of chelav, which by him was technically mutter. But in the city in which he was eating. It was not appropriate to eat that type. They held they had a minag not to. So here's what happened. All the Gabe Rabavira Saba, Varaba Bred Rapuna. Two great Amorayim walked into the room while he was having breakfast. He was eating this chelev that is mutter to eat in Eretz Yisrael. And there's a minag not to eat it in Bavel. All of a sudden came in the Chazinu Kasiaminai. He tried to cover it up, but they saw they saw what was going on. He would have been better off not covering anything. Then it looks like regular chelev, but it's the guilty face. You're sitting there like, oh, what, what are you guys looking at? So he covers over the chelev of the Isra, which is only Mutter and Eretz Yisrael and not here. So what they did, they saw it. It lasted the shorelines also, but Amr Abaye, they went to go tell Abaye. Omar lehu shavinchu kekusai. He's treating you like a kusi and that he thinks that by you, it's not allowed. He thinks that by you it's not allowed, but by him it is mutter. The Rabbi Barbarchana, Leslie Hud, it's not. What about our Mishnah? Why aren't you taking the Chumras of the place that you're going to? We said, first of the long lines, Dapnun Aleph, Amad Aleph, we said, you should have chumras in both directions. So if in Babel there's a minagnati, the chel of the Isra, so okay, you find that it's mutter to eat in Eretz. Why are you eating it here? You're not allowed to eat it in Babel. That's not appropriate. You're supposed to take on the Chumras. That's our mission in the beginning of Parak Makam Shinagu. So why are you still eating it? So the Gemara gives a couple of very creative answers. Here's answer number one. When do we have the parameters of stringencies from one place to another by, by Minhagim? Only within one locale. If you're in uh, a lot and you're going to load, fine. Then we apply the rules that if in a lot and load, there are different minhagim, you take the chumras of, of both places. You're going from Pumpadisa to uh, whatever, to another place, fine. That's when we would say that the rules apply. But when you're going from Eretz Yisrael to Babel or vice versa, maybe that would not work. Aval Eretz Yisrael That's not true. When a person, I skipped a line. Inami, a second possible answer is third wide line. Inami, maybe the halacha is not just that limited within Babel or limited within Eretz Yisrael. Inami says the Gemara has a second approach as to how we explain how Rabbi Barbarchana was able to eat these, uh, this chelev, the chelev da Isra in Babel. Why was it allowed? Inami mi Babel Eretz Yisrael. It's only true when a person goes from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. So then we take on the chumras of each place. However, if a person goes from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, that's what Rabbi Barbarchana did. So there, that's not true. Though we do not say that the rules of Chumras, the Chumras of Benhagen apply in both cases. Why not? Because Babel should be Kafuf to Eretz Yisrael. An important Gemara as it relates to the halachic analytics of Talmud Bavli versus Talmud Yerushalmi. 
even though that's not the way we do things. We typically side with the Babli. Though there are, of course, times where we side like the Yerushalmi, but this Gemara is not meant to be super expansive. It's meant to be limited to the din of whether or not we say that the Chumras of one place to another apply when you go from Eretz Yisrael to Babel. So this second answer of the Gemara as to why Rabbi Barbarchana was allowed to eat the chilub to ice the ice, or why was he allowed to eat it? Hare was it should have been a chumra of the of the osamakum that he went to. Why would it be the chumra of the place that he went to in Babel? It says the Gemara doesn't work that way because from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, so there at least they're they should be kaf of tame. Ravashi gives another answer four lines into the wide lines. Ravashi marfilu tame Eretz Yisrael to Babel. Even if you say. Even if you want to say that all the rules of the Chumra from, from where your starting place and the Chumras of your ending place, they should both be kept. There should be Chumras Lakan Lakan. It doesn't make a difference. But here, that's only true if you don't intend on coming back. But Rabbi Barbarachana was only visiting Bavel. He wasn't staying forever. But Rabbi Barbarachana died to Lachzor Hava. This play, plays in halachically into the sugya when we keep two days of Yantiv. Is it died to Lachzor? Is it ain't died to Lachzor? And this is a famous line that that Rav Moshe Feinstein uses in his Chubos and Igris Moshe to indicate that when a person has died to Laksar, you're planning on going back to America after the Chagim. So then, Ladina, one should try and keep both days of Yantif Afal that you live in a place where they're only keeping one day. Stam, as an aside, I remember when I was in uh, Smicha, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Rothkopf gave a shear, as a Talmud of the Rav, he gave a shear on the halachic status of a lot whether or not a lot was considered to be part of Eretz Yisrael proper versus not proper part of Eretz Yisrael, Kibush, Kibush Rishona, Kibush Lasilabo, but not Kibush Rishona. A whole big sugi on whether or not they should keep two days. Okay, just uh, food for thought. Five lines from the bottom. Amar Le Rabbah Barbarachana in regards to the eating of this Isra, of this type of Chelev, and he said, Lebre, he said to his son, his father's Bini, Lo Tochal, you are not allowed to eat this. Lo Befonai Velo Shelo Befonai. You can't eat it in front of me. You can't eat this chilev in front of me. And you certainly can't eat it shalom b'fanai. Why not? Ani, says Rabbi Barbar Chana, I saw Rabbi Yochanan eat this with my own two eyes. So for me, kedaihu Rabbi Yochanan this mochalav. B'fanav is shalom b'fanav. I saw with my own two eyes. I can rely on Rabbi Yochanan. You, however, ata lo ra'iso, so lo sochal. You who never saw it, lo sochal bein b'fanai, bein shalom b'fanai. You shouldn't be able to eat it ever. You shouldn't be able to eat it at all. It's very strange. He, Rabbi Barbarachana saw it from Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Barbarachana held that then you, that you're allowed to eat the ice but you're not allowed to let anybody else. But then your own father, you see your own father eating this. Why can't you trust him? Why can't you trust your own father? The Mephorshim were bothered by this. It's very strange. So some of the Mephorshim explain the reason why is because when you are a posik, you're allowed to quote from your Rebbe. But if you're not able in your own learning to get to the same psak as your Rebbe, you can't pass it for other people. He may have seen Rabbi Yochanan eat it, and Rabbi Yochanan may have been able to figure out halachically why it's mutter to eat this in this person. Maybe, that's fine. But Rabbi Barbarchana was not able. So here's how Rabbi Barbarchana worked. When I see my Rebbe eating it, afalpi that I don't understand every nuance as to why it's mutter for me to eat, but he's my Rebbe and I'm kafuf to him. I don't have to understand everything he says. But when I'm the postake and I'm paskining for others, I can't paskin something that my Rebbe paskin if I don't understand how to paskin it. I know what he said, but I don't know why he said what he said. So therefore, his brain wasn't able to understand to the same uh, to the same latitude that to the same levels that uh, Rabbi Yochanan was. So therefore, he would not allow his son to eat it. In fact, there's a built-in contradiction here about Rabbi Barbarchana to himself. We saw the case of Rabbi Barbarchana just now, where he was allowed to eat the um, where he was allowed to eat the um, this particular type of chel, but he wouldn't allow his child. Yet we see a contradiction in terms in the following way. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom, 
the uh, Rabbi Barbarchana contradicted himself. The the Amar Rabbi Barbarchana, Rabbi Barbarchana says, Sachli Rabbi Yochanan ben Elazar, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Yochanan ben Elazar taught the following: Pamachas nichnasti, Achar Rabbi Shimon ben Rabbi Yosi ben Lakunya Lagina. Rabbi Yochanan ben Elazar followed Rabbi Shimon ben Rabbi Yosi ben Lakunya into the garden, turning to the top of Nanala from the base. The Natal Sviche Kru. And he took cabbage, the leaves of cabbage, and he ate it and he gave it to me. And he said to him as follows, You're allowed to eat this when you are in front of me, but not when you're not in front of me. Different than we saw before. I saw that he ate that he ate the Sfiche Krup, he ate the cabbage. We'll see why shortly he was able to eat the cabbage. I saw it with my own two eyes. So therefore it's allowed. However, you're not allowed. You can eat it in front of me. But when you're not in front of me, you're not allowed. So this is a contradiction with Rabbi Barbar and himself. On the previous page, when he said that I, I didn't understand the Psaka my Rebbe, he wouldn't let his son eat the fats whether or not it was in front of him. But here he distinguishes and says, when it's in front of me, you're allowed. When it's not in front of me, you're not allowed. The Gemara doesn't answer the question. It leaves it as a, as a, as a question mark. This is an unanswered question, a contradiction within Rabbi Barbarchana, and to uh, just clearly chisel out the, the issue that Rabbi Barbarchana was conflicted with was whether or not if you see a psak yourself and you're a posik and you can't rebuild the psak from scratch, can you teach it to others in part or in full? That is effectively what is going on here. My Rib Shimon, this shita that we saw that a person is allowed to eat the sviche kru, that a person is allowed to eat leaves of cabbage, what's the deal with that? The Tanya, the Bryce writes, Rib Shimon, Omer, Kola, Svicha, Nasur, when it comes to Shvi, Siyir, Shmita, everything that grows is going to be Asur, Chutz, Mi, Svicha, Kru, Shein, Kayotze, Bahen, it's very unique. The Mephorshim point out that there's no times of the year that it stops growing. It, it's always, it's constantly growing. It's not like it has a season like perennials. Part of the year it grows, part of the year it doesn't. It's not like that. It has a uniqueness to it. Because it never stops growing. So it's never, it never triggers that threshold of becoming shviz. The argue with Rub Shimon and say that's not true. All vegetation is going to be problematic. The Tarvaihu Aliba Akiva, both of them really are within the camp of Rebbe Akiva in the following way. The Brysa writes a third of the way down, Nanala from the base of Tanya. They should not be planted and they should not be gathered. An obvious question in the Pasuk. If you're saying that they're not planted, how can you harvest? If you're telling me that you can't plant it, what's the Havamina that you should be able to gather it? That's ridiculous. The Pasuk is beyond redundant. Of course, you can't harvest that which you don't plant. So we see the Pasuk went out of its way to teach us that the Svichen are Asurim. So what's the Machlokas? The Rabbanan were of the opinion that we extend Xera of Sviche Kruv to other Sviche Dalma, to all, to all types of vegetation, to everything. We don't extend this concern, and that's the machlokas we have in our Gemara. But that's how we got to the sheet of Rub Shimon. All of this is an aside. We were trying to just show the steer within Rabbi Barbarchana. And the second source of Rabbi Barbarchana was about the cabbage. So therefore, the Gemara wanted to figure out how that happened. The answer is it's from Rabbi Shimon and the Brysa, I'll leave it to Rabbi Akiva. At the two dots, halfway down, we're going to go until a couple lines before the end of the page, says the Gemara as follows. We said that if a person in the Mishnah, we said in, in the Mishnah, excuse me, 
at the beginning of the parak and the bottom of Nunamad Aleph, we said that if a person goes from one place to another, so then the Chumras apply from both places. So asks the Gemara a question that I alluded to before. And I got it. You want to tell me that a person's in a city where they normally uh, have an Isra Malacha on Arab Pesach, and they're going to a city where they don't do Malacha. So then I understand what it means to be Machmer. I won't do Malacha. I understand. I understand. I, I, won't do, I won't do the Malacha. I got it. My city, we do malacha, no problem. Your city, you don't. When I go to your city, I'm a mensch. I, I keep your rules. That's what the Mishnah, that I understand. But what if it's the reverse? If you're going from a place where, where you live, nobody keeps the halacha. Nobody, nobody has an Isra malacha in Arab Pesach. And you go to a city, uh, to a place where people do malacha. So what's the chumrah? So al yishana adam ibn machlokas fin yabi. What does that what does that mean? How, how are you machmir to not do malacha? What is it? No, they don't do malacha. How are you machmir? What are you gonna do? They already don't do malacha. What's the khumrah? That you do malacha? That doesn't make sense. Just don't do the malacha. So then you're the same as in the city that you're in. What are the khumras from both places? Says the Gemara, Ha'amris knows not a love chumrim makam shalach l'shamu chumrim makam shiyatzim shalach. That doesn't work in this case because when you're going from a place that doesn't have an isra malacha to a place that when you go from a place that does have an isra malacha to a place that doesn't have an isra malacha, the, the the math doesn't work. Amar Abaye, you're right. These rules of a chumrim lekan and chumrim lekan are only on the ratio, only on the beginning part, only on a case where you're going from a locale where it's a place where it's osin to a place of enos, and that makes sense. Says Gemara, four lines, five lines from the bottom, Rava doesn't agree. Rava Amari says that's not correct. The Olam HaSefet even applies to the end where you're going from a, a place that doesn't do malacha to a place that does. Here's Pshat. What the, what the Mishnah means is that this isn't going to generate any machlokas. What are they going to say about you? What are they going to say? It appears that you hold that malacha is asura. They'll just say you're lazy. They'll say, or there's not a lot for you to do. There's not a lot of work for you to do. So it'll there will be no machlokas here. People will just assume that you hold like they do. We'll stop here at Amalei Rav Safar. Your session pick up tomorrow night for Daphne and Bays. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Thank you.